1: listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. We will get to our episode in a moment, but first, please help us grow. One of the easiest ways to help us is to leave our podcast a positive review. That moves us up in the popularity list and gets us more listeners. Also, tell a friend, tell family members about us. Tell them to head over to ohiomysteries.com and give us a listen. Let's throw another log on the fire, campers. It's time for a new mystery. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with us, as always, is our storyteller and journalist who spent an award-winning 30 years telling these kinds of stories with the Akron Beacon Journal, Paula Schleiss.
0: Hi, everybody. Ohio's history is rife with stories of unsuccessful settlements, crossroads where pioneers put down roots, expecting their communities to grow. But the nature or technology or strange circumstances intervened. One of these ghost towns was the predecessor to my hometown of Barberton on the southern border of Akron in Summit County. It was there that an early 19th century village all but vanished, not just once, but twice. The first time when a mysterious plague wiped out the population. The second time, when a chunk of the citizenry converted to Mormonism and joined the prophet Joseph Smith Jr. when he and his followers fled Ohio. The only physical reminders of Barberton's early pioneers include an unseen graveyard of plague victims discovered through ground-penetrating radar, and a handful of battered Mormon tombstones that were unwittingly disguised as landscaping accessories for more than a century. Still, enough of its history was preserved by a variety of 19th century authors to offer you this story of new portage. Barberton is a very unique city. It was built from cornfields into a factory town in the early 1890s by industrialist Ohio Columbus Barber. At one point, well after Barber moved half a dozen of his plants into the new town, the city boasted more factory jobs per capita than any city in the United States. Immigrants from all over Europe came to fill the openings, and the city took on a wonderfully ethnic flair. The city evolved so fast, a 19th century news report said it grew like magic, and that's how it got its nickname, the Magic City. But the first attempt to build a community there some 70 years earlier was more associated with misery than magic. It was wiped from the map by the region's first recorded epidemic, a mysterious illness named for its most gruesome symptom, black tongue. Let me tell you why the people of New Portage thought, and rightfully so, that they hit the jackpot when the town was laid out in 1817, right where present-day State Street crosses Wooster Road on the north end. Like the Indians before them, white settlers saw the value of being along the Tuscarawas River at the Continental Divide. The Divide is where the water changes direction. The Tuscarawas River started near New Portage and flowed south. A few miles from there, the Cuyahoga River flowed north. Indians would lift their canoes from one river and carry them, or portage them to the other river to continue on their way. The name New Portage reflected that pioneers understood how this was the sweet spot. Commercial interests sailing between Lake Erie and the Ohio River needed to transition right there. And so a tavern a post office, and a general store was established for all those rivermen who needed food, supplies, and a place to sleep. A man named William Laird even built a primitive shipyard on the banks. Some small factories moved in, a glass factory, a match factory, and some pottery works. And after ten years, there were at least a couple of dozen homes. This was all before the city of Akron was founded. Historian Sam Lane called New Portage Summit County's ancient metropolis. But ten years is all this version of New Portage is going to get. The town began to suffer when the Ohio and Erie Canal came through, an engineering marvel of a waterway that ran parallel to the Tuscarawas River. Suddenly, boat captains didn't need to stop in New Portage to prepare for the transition from the Tusk to the Cuyahoga. The canal allowed them to sail right on by. Local businesses suffered and began to close. Oh, the canal doomed New Portage all right, but for an entirely different reason. Businesses weren't the only thing dying citizens were dropping dead from a horrible affliction no one had seen before. It was described this way in the Western Medical Reformer, an Ohio journal in the 1800s. The tongue is at first coated with a white fur, and in two to four days it begins to turn brown, and from that to black. There are but very slight remissions, And those are in the morning. Pulse at first is full, rather hard, and not so frequent as in most other fevers. But after the tongue turns dark, the pulse becomes small and more frequent. Doctors didn't know what they were looking at. But everyone started blaming this strange new death on the canal. The canal had already proven to be a brutal taskmaster. Some 3,000 canal diggers had carved it out of the primitive and rugged landscape. Most of them were poor Irish and German immigrants. There even used to be a common saying, there's a dead Irishman for every mile of canal. Semi-county? was a particularly unique challenge. You see, Akron was the highest point along the canal in the entire state. Remember, it's the Continental Divide. So it took 21 locks in Summit County alone to raise and lower the canal boats so they could continue on their way. To help make up some of this difference in elevation, a New York engineer recommended lowering Summit Lake in Akron by five feet to make it closer to the level of elevation of the Tuscaroras River. So the lake was drained, and what remained behind was a muckland of vegetation and fish left to rot. The methane created by the decaying material reeked, and the men working on the canal complained endlessly about the putrid fumes. So, when people started to die, it was easy to jump to the conclusion that draining the lake had somehow released the plague carried in those nasty fumes. But people were not dying from the smell. Our best guess today? That the decomposition attracted all sorts of mosquitoes and other disease-carrying insects. Though there is no way to prove exactly what it was, modern medical professionals think it likely that the people dying of black tongue fever had malaria or typhus. It's amazing the things canal diggers did to try to combat those insects so they could keep working and making money for their families. Some accounts recalled how they wore devices called Montezuma's necklace, They were tin smudge pots that held smoldering rocks and leaves, and they were held in place around their neck to create a fog over their head that kept the bugs at bay. For the rest of their lives, you could tell a canal digger by the scar that ringed his neck from the burning pots. We have no idea how many died in that plague. It affected other settlements in Summit County along the canal, through Akron, all the way north to Peninsula. Historians noted that at one Akron Area Baptist congregation, it wiped out all but four members. But the mysterious killer hit hardest in New Portage, where every citizen either died or fled leaving behind a village of abandoned, dilapidated skeletal structures. Akron historian Carl Grismer once wrote that the treatment employed to combat black tongue fever may have contributed to the high death rate. He wrote, Doctors of the day theorized that the disease was caused by a humor in the blood. Hence, to cure the disease, they attempted to get rid of the humor. They sought to accomplish this by giving the patient emetics and cathartics, covering him with blankets and giving him hot beverages to make him sweat and forbidding him to drink water. Quite understandably, sufferers died like fleas. There was another 19th century account that said this of the illness. No two physicians agree on the methods of treatment. No one who has taken it has been known to get well or to partially recover. Which wasn't exactly true. They were survivors, though rare. But there were a handful of people who made it through after their tongues peeled off that black layer. The sickness continued to spread that summer, So many canal workers died that work on the waterway between Summit Lake and Akron through New Portage and into Stark County had to be postponed. But by the next year, black tongue fever had run its course. For fear that they might be contagious even in death, the dead citizens of New Portage were buried on the outskirts of town, a place in present-day Norton called Bower Hill. The burial ground was largely forgotten for more than 100 years, until several headstones were discovered at the bottom of an inaccessible ravine. Some argued they may have been dislodged when the city of Barberton built its water tower next to the site in the 1930s. Well, in 1990, the four largest headstones were taken to Norton Center Cemetery and rededicated. Many years after that, when Barberton began some work at the water tower, they were alerted again to the forgotten graveyard, and ground-penetrating radar revealed rectangular rows of disturbed soil so workers could avoid them. Now, new portage might have been abandoned, but in a very strange twist of fate, it was not done making history because in 1832, Joseph Smith Sr. came across the ghost town of New Portage and, being a fugitive from the law at that moment, decided to hide out there. Smith Sr. was the father of Joseph Smith Jr., Jr. being the guy who started the Latter-day Saints. He built a temple in Kirtland, Ohio, and recruited many members in Northeast Ohio, but the Mormons were not popular. Traditional Christians saw them as a threat and looked for every opportunity to harass them. In 1832, Smith Sr. was arrested near Kirtland for performing a marriage ceremony without the appropriate license. So the local justice system decided to make an example of him and fined him $3,000, 3000 an astronomical sum, and a price that would assure he remained in jail. But Smith Sr. escaped his prison and fled south. That's when he happened to come across the deserted town of Newportage. Smith Sr.'s wife, later wrote about what happened next. She said the family received word where he was hiding, and two of his sons, Hiram and Don Carlos, visited him and took supplies. Later, when Smith Sr. decided it was time to return to Kirtland, his son, Don Carlos, decided to stay. He liked the quiet. It was much safer in deserted New Portage than in Kirtland, where his family had been a constant target. He wasn't alone for long. After the horror of the Black Tongue Fever, Area businessmen and farmers alike were ready to listen to the salvation that Joseph Smith Jr. promised his followers. And within a couple of years, new portage had risen from the ashes to become home to about 50 Mormons. The New Portage Congregation was charged with gathering clothing and supplies for their brethren in Missouri, a growing church chapter that was really struggling, as well as collecting tents, provisions, and weapons enough for an army. In 1834, they were visited by the prophet himself. Joseph Smith, Jr. held a love feast and a mass baptism for his converts. He wrote about it in an entry he made in his journal on February 9 of that year. But Ohio was becoming too hot for the controversial Mormons, where debts, misfortune, illegalities, even rumors of polygamy had state and federal authorities breathing down their necks. Their days here were numbered. In May of 1834, a caravan of a couple of dozen wagons of the faithful from Kirtland passed through New Portage to collect the resources they had gathered for Missouri. Again, the prophet himself wrote about the stop. We arrived at New Portage, a distance about fifty miles from Kirtland, and joined our brethren who had gone before. My company from Kirtland consisted of about a hundred men, mostly young men and nearly all elders, priests, teachers or deacons. As our wagons were nearly filled with baggage, we had mostly to travel by foot. Now, After making that delivery to Missouri, the caravan returned to Ohio, passing through New Portage once again on September 8. Smith noted he took part in a meeting in which they disciplined some members, including Brother Joseph Keeler, a celebrated preacher and a dealer in counterfeit money. In 1838, Joseph Smith Jr. and most of his Ohio followers left the state for good. Many of the converts in New Portage went with them, and the town's population plummeted again. As with that first New Portage, the story of New Portage 2.0 ends with a forgotten gravesite the Mormon buried their dead also on a hill, a site that would later become Portage Elementary School. The official account was that the graves and headstones were relocated to Lakewood Cemetery in Akron when the school was built, but that turned out not to be true. A Mormon doctoral student came to town to do a study on the site in 2000 and learned the graves had simply been bulldozed. He found 160-year-old markers used as garden accents and decorative landscaping by neighbors. As a matter of fact, personal story here, when this all broke back in 2000, I recalled my mom saying she knew that site well because as a youngster, she and friends used the thin, flattened tombstones as bases when they played sandlot ball. Most of the markers lay with their inscriptions smashed into the soil, but she recalled thinking it curious that a base she was standing on had an etching in it. Now, all those markers that they could find were rescued and a memorial built on the site to hold whatever had survived the indignity of time and apathy. Then there was this even more recent mystery. Christian Healthcare Ministries purchased the land in 2013, and just this year, May of 2022, they went to expand a parking lot that was not within the tract designated for the Pioneer Cemetery. And still, they unearthed a set of human remains. Work was paused, the Summit County Medical Examiner investigated, and it was determined that it was another early pioneer, possibly one of the early Mormons. The remains were reburied in another cemetery. Well, if you've stuck with me this far, then you deserve a bonus ghost story. Because yes, we've got that too. Reportedly, people who used to work late hours at the Portage School, years before anyone knew about the cemetery, reported seeing fleeting images or hearing eerie sounds they couldn't explain. And then this really cool story. North End residents reported seeing a phantom dog. The reddish-colored mutt had bright, burning red eyes, and it used to wander around the corner of school property in the 1980s. One man said the pooch seemed to want to be chased, but every time he followed it, it would leap into a ravine and disappear. It wasn't until the revelation of the cemetery was made public in 2000 that people put two and two together and figured the animal that had been calling Devil Dog was trying to call their attention to the neglected graves. In his book, Ghosts Along the Tuscaroras, by the late Barberton Historical Society president Stephen Kelleher, neighbors said once the cemetery was restored, Devil Dog. Disappeared. That's it for our story of New Portage. In closing, thank you to Bob Moorhead, who wrote several stories about Barberton's lost cemeteries for the Barberton Herald and reminded me what a great local piece of history we have beneath our very feet here in my hometown. I found additional resources in Mark J. Price's history column in the Akron Beacon Journal and a book called Wicked Akron by my former ABJ colleague, Kimberly Hagelberg. Now, if you know of some forgotten piece of fascinating history or curiosity in your Ohio hometown, let us know. We'd love to do more hometown mysteries. Just write us at feedback at mysteries.com and let us know what you know.
1: That's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news clippings, and more on this and every episode Hop on over to ohiomysteries.com. I promise you will not be disappointed. Paula has put a lot of work into that page. You'll be able to find any of the episodes you are looking for, any of our Akron Beacon Journal crossovers. We'll see you here Wednesday, and then we'll see you back here next Sunday for another episode as well.